All right, how's it going, Chris? How's it going? It's going well here. Um, welcome, everyone, to the 19th episode of the Football X Anonymous podcast. Glad to be here. Uh, a lot of stuff to go over today. Uh, we'll yep. get to our fantasy quarterback rankings um, in just a bit. But, like I said, a lot of news happened within the past week. So, first off, um, the NFL came out. Training camp officially will start on July 28th. Um, so, we're four weeks away. And along with that, um, the Steelers and Cowboys, who were slated to play in the Hall of Fame game, they're going to report July 28th as well because the Hall of Fame game got canceled and the Hall of Fame ceremony, enshrinement ceremonies, um, they're going to be pushed to 2021. So essentially they'll have two separate nights, they said, one for the 2020 class and one for the 2021 class. And they also, the Steelers and Cowboys will play in the Hall of Fame game next season um, like they were supposed to this season. Um, Keeping with the preseason topic uh just recently within the last five minutes <laughs> um it was reported that the preseason is going to be shortened so it's going to be two week preseason there's going to be a longer um acclimatization period for the players uh, i'm not exactly sure when they said the games are going to be played but they're going to cut off the ends of the preseason weeks one and four are going to be cut um and then they're going to play the regularly regularly scheduled weeks two and three of the preseason. I'm not sure if they're going to keep the same dates or if they're just going to push them to the end of the preseason or not. But um, your thoughts on any of that, <laughs> all the preseason stuff that has been happening? Um, well, in terms of like the Hall of Fame game or whatever, uh, I don't really get why they cut that i mean i know they cut the preseason half and whatever but like they're still going they're still planning on playing games so why not just play that game anyway um but i mean i guess it makes sense to play it next year but so is the plan for that whole thing like the ceremony and everything are they going to do a double ceremony next year like with the 21 class as well or are they going to do two separate like weekends for it or like i don't know what they're going to do there but um I think that it's going to be the same weekend. Um, they're just going to have one. I don't know if they're going to cut the gold jacket night like they usually have and make that night the 2020 Hall of Fame class enshrinement ceremony and then the regularly scheduled 2021 class enshrinement or not. Um, but I don't know. I know. I know they are going to keep it all in the same weekend, though. Yeah. And then, uh, well, in terms of, like, the actual preseason getting cut now, though, I mean, I feel like we all knew this was coming or whatever, but I still feel bad for anybody that's fighting for a roster spot um, because now they don't have as many games to show what they can do. Um, But I I just, I don't know. I don't think any of, like, the high-profile veteran players are going to play in the preseason anymore now. I mean, they hardly did as it is, but now that there's only two games the people trying to make the roster need those spots and that playing time, so. Right, yeah. Um, 
my thinking is is that the first preseason game now this year is going to be the dress rehearsal game where all your starters play for half of a quarter maybe um unlike the normal dress rehearsal where they play at least a half usually but i think yeah they're not going to play that much in in the preseason and then i think that second game will be all third fourth string guys the whole game i don't think uh any of the backups or starters are going to get in those the primary backups anyways um but yeah another thing going along with the off season slash preseason just happened today as well uh, no supplemental draft this year so uh, like i was saying to you in uh, before the show i i was looking up and i couldn't find anything on any players that were actually eligible for the 2020 supplemental draft uh, usually it's only a handful of guys but uh, there were a lot of articles out there that said about how a massive influx of supplemental guys could have came in potentially if the college football season is either shortened or canceled and the NFL a couple of days ago anyways said that that wasn't going to happen anyways they were going to stick with the strict rules that they had set in place for the supplemental draft um so no no josh gordon's this year or i don't know i can't think of a lot of other highly successful supplemental guys in recent memory uh but there was one taken last year though jalen thompson fifth round supplemental pick for the arizona cardinals uh anyways one last thing, the biggest late signing of the season. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there's been a later signing that has imp- probably going to impact the team more than that um, within the last two years or three years or whatever uh, that I can think off the top of my head. But yeah, Cam Newton signed with the Patriots. Uh, you got a new quarterback in your division, Chris. How do you feel about it? I'm not sure how to feel about it yet. Because, <laughs> like, we've all obviously seen him at the top of his game, that 15-1 and Super Bowl season. But then we've also seen him kind of crash after that. Mm-hmm. But I can see being on a new team, especially with Bill Belichick as the coach on the Patriots and all that, I could see him kind of having, like, a rejuvenation, like, become the Cam Newton of old for at least this one season and destroying all the hopes and dreams of all us Jets and Bills fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One year, uh, $7.5 million max value. So great value for the Patriots. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sold that he is the starter. Um, there was a tweet that I saw this morning that was... Um, some comments from an AFC East coach, I believe it was. And um, it said, one thing that I know is that the Patriots love Jarrett Stidham. So while Cam Newton is Cam Newton, 
I don't think that it's completely over for Jared Stidham because yeah. since before now, before Newton got signed, nothing had happened to the to push him. Uh, so now he actually has some competition for once. Uh, I don't know. I could see a scenario where Jarrett Stidham starts week one and Ken Newton is a wildcat kind of quarterback uh, because it's not just that he's going to run every time. That's the thing. He can throw the ball. Mm-hmm. So I think that gives him added added um, value for that role if that's uh, what happens. But, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I'm not totally sold that it's Cam Newton's job to lose. I think it's still going to be a, a pretty good storyline throughout training yeah. camp. I think it'll be a toss-up, but I don't know. Like I said, it depends on what Cam shows up. If it's the Cam that kind of lost his job and all that in Carolina, then he'll ride the bench pretty much for at least the start of the season. But if it's the old Cam Newton, then, yeah, watch out. Yeah. I know from being a Panthers fan, last two years sucked. He hasn't had a fully healthy season since 2017. Played in uh, about four games the last two years, I believe it is. But yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm not totally sold on Cam Newton in New England yet. But he's on our fantasy rankings. We will see him there. Uh, Last thing before we jump into those rankings... Uh, I want to get your thoughts on my my draft I did. I did a random 10-person 10-person um, fantasy draft on ESPN. So yeah, here it is. Uh, my team name is The Goat Renewed, just because I drafted Tom Brady. He's not my week one starter, but... Worst through lot. Uh, yeah, Drew Locke and Tom Brady are my quarterbacks. Uh, I thought I got pretty good value. I was the ninth pick. And, uh, yeah, I believe I got... I think I went with DeAndre Hopkins first. I might have went Nick Chubb first. I can't remember. Uh, but I know those those were my top two selections, Nick Chubb and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, yeah, Mark Ingram, Juju. I have uh, one of the best tight end combos, I, I believe. Zach Ertz and Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. I, the only reason I selected Henry was because it was a value selection and best player on the board. So I was like, all right, well, whatever. I don't really need him, but I did need a backup tight end. But, yeah. I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's a pretty solid roster. Yeah, like I said, you have a really good team for uh... – one picking ninth and two like I don't know this just seems like a definitely above average team for any fantasy league pretty much unless it's like a six team league but yeah, nobody ever does those I forget where uh, let's see where did I draft Le'Veon third round right. so yeah that that was yeah 29th overall in the third round in the 10th so you got him that was your third pick yeah. So when did you get Ingram? Ingram, probably my fourth, if the X out would like to work right now. Okay, and I clicked on Stefan Diggs. But uh, let's see. 
Ingram I actually got in the seventh. Wow. Kind of surprised about that. Yeah. I still be there. Uh, I didn't really want to draft Juju too much, but I kind of had to because I needed some receivers. Yeah, um, that, that, I think, well, you have Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, yeah. I know you would never do this because you're a Steelers fan, but, like, I don't know, I would almost put Diggs as the wide receiver too, and then, I don't know, either Bell or Hunter Henry, or maybe even Sanders as the flex. I don't know. Yeah, well, I just, for week one, uh, I think I have to go with Juju because they're playing the Giants, and the Giants' defense sucks. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's that's my reasoning for that. Otherwise, I would definitely put um, Hunter Henry in the flex, most likely, because mm-hmm. he's against Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Emmanuel Sanders, Tevin Coleman, and Mike Williams, they were iffy picks on my part at the end of the draft. Wasn't sure about any of them. Emmanuel Sanders I was the most sure about mm-hmm. because he's the wide receiver, too, in New Orleans. But, to, yeah, Tevin Coleman and Mike Williams I'm not exactly sure about. I've drafted Mike Williams the last couple of years, and he just he never works, <laughs> even as the wide receiver, too, in L.A. But now they have a new quarterback, so I think their passing numbers are going to go down. Yeah, as I say, they hit, well, especially since it's Tyron Taylor to start, probably, so. Yeah. Not going <laughs> to we're not going to have too much uh, action out there. Yeah, Tyrod is uh, not on our fantasy rankings, <laughs> uh, which we will go to now. So, uh, yeah, there was a couple teams when I was trying to figure out my rankings. I was like, I was trying to list out all thirty-two quarterbacks, and there was a couple teams. I was like, I think for the Chargers, I was like, Tyrod question mark, and then like for the Bears, I was like, whoever starts, like, because we don't even know who the starter is yet. There was just a couple teams that we have no idea who the quarterback will be, at least for the full season. So, Right. Yeah, I got a, uh, a little bit of a preview for people there. <laughs> I was on the wrong slide. But, yeah, here's our uh, 2020 fantasy quarterback rankings. Um, yeah, we did the top half of the league here. Yes, top 16 quarterbacks. Number 16 for me, I don't know. Like you said before, uh the bottom, like, I don't know, four guys maybe were kind of difficult to place because they're in that middle of the pack range. So, I don't know. I put Phillip Rivers at 16. I think he could be higher. Uh, but, yeah, over 4,500 yards last year with the Chargers. Interception number definitely needs to come down this year in order to move up the fantasy rankings. Uh, but yeah, his projected five five interception regression, which still fifteen's a lot still. Uh, if you want to be a top and, guy, and eight hundred less yards too. Yeah, I know that. Well, that I think that's just because I think the Colts are going to run the ball more with Marlon Mack, especially Jonathan Taylor too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, moving down four spots on uh, from actual nineteen stats to. 2020 projections not really good for philip rivers but like i said i think uh i think he'll be all right mm-hmm. philip rivers is has always been a guy that you can get in like the 15th round and he's a serviceable quarterback for you mm-hmm. so uh let's look at your 16th 
guy right here, Ben Osberger. Yeah. Um, so my guy is yeah your uh, your jersey there. The reason I have Roethlisberger here at sixteen and not higher is because one he's coming off that injury, so we're not one hundred percent sure of what he'll bring to the table yet. Even though his history says that he's one of the better quarterbacks of this generation and all that, um, but I just. I don't know. He uh, and also the other reason I put him at the bottom of this list is because I don't know. I just don't like the Steelers' offense that much. They have Juju on the outside, and I don't. I've never been a big fan of James Conner, and especially since like he's not really a pass catcher, right? Uh, so somewhat. Jalen Samuels is more of the guy there. But. Yeah. So I'm saying, but their number one running back is more of the just run the ball rather than go out and catch it. So that brings down Roethlisberger's value a little bit too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think Roethlisberger himself though will have a good season, but I don't know. Like I said, I just don't like their offense as a whole. So I think he'll, like you have it here with the 2018 stats, I don't think he'll get anywhere near that. Um, so right there with the 2020 projections, you have him right there as the QB 16 which is where I put him, so. Yeah. Uh, 2018, I believe that was his best season ever. Uh, again, double digit, over 15 interceptions is bad. His 12 projected isn't terrible. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. QB 16, I have him higher, but um, we'll get to that. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you bit. and I have Roethlisberger and – and uh, Philip Rivers switched in our rankings. We have them on the same two spots, but switched. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> if my mouse wants to work here. All right. So we both have Matt Ryan at 15. Um, go ahead, Chris. Well, he's really only on my rankings here because, like you said a couple times, when we got towards the end of the list, it was kind of hard to – figure out who should be on it and like where they should be like I feel like him Roethlisberger and like at least one or two more after Ryan here could be interchangeable in all sorts but I think one of the main reasons he's on this list is because of Julio Jones Mm -hmm. because Julio Jones is one of the best receivers still in this game and Julio Jones always has the numbers I mean, maybe not touchdowns. So, I don't know how that always happens, but he always has, like, the most yards in the league, but never any touchdowns, which I think is another reason why Matt Ryan is here at 15 and not higher because he doesn't – I mean, yeah, Julio doesn't score the touchdown. So, if he did, then Ryan would definitely be probably top 10. Yeah, I think – I don't know. Matt Ryan is always, always in the top 10 in quarterback production. Uh, I don't know. I just can never feel comfortable drafting him. Um, He's had over 4,000 yards. I don't know. It's every year of his career so far, but it's probably close. Uh, And as you can see there, QB 11 last year, and I believe that was the first year in quite a while that he's been out of the top 10 in in, uh, fantasy. But 
he's he lost his starting tight end, Austin Hooper. They're getting Hayden Hurst as the replacement, uh, which I don't like. <laughs> he hasn't produced as the former first-round pick for the Ravens. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's the same thing with Julio, though, uh, which we'll talk wide receivers uh, in a couple weeks. But, I don't know, Julio's the same thing. The Falcons, I just never feel comfortable drafting any of their guys, even Julio. Um, I don't know what it is about the Falcons. I just don't not comfortable with there. What? Because you're a Panthers fan? No, but I draft Cowboys <laughs> players when uh, when I'm an Eagles fan too. Uh, and like you saw, I drafted Mark Ingram as a Steelers fan. So I don't know. It's, it's just the Falcons team overall. I just don't never feel comfortable with uh, drafting mm-hmm. any of their players most of the time, anyways. But we'll move on to 14 here, and uh, this is my guy. <laughs> I need to get a Drew Lock jersey. That's that's what I need to do. Uh, yeah, five starts last year, 1,000 yards. Uh, okay, touchdown-interception ratio. QB 36, which wasn't terrible for only playing five games. Uh, but, yeah, it, QB 24 is the ESPN projection here. Uh, over 3,500 yards, which I think is really good. I don't know. I think he's going to be a lot higher than 24, most definitely, and I have him at 14 here. Uh, but, yeah, I've made my <laughs> statement clear for multiple shows that I, uh, I'm i in love with Drew Locke, and I think this is going to be a really good season with all the weapons he has around him. Um, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, Cortland Sutton. Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, um, Albert O at tight end, along with Noah Fant. Yeah, I I can't say enough about Drew Locke and uh, where I think he's going to be in fantasy. That's why I drafted him. Here you go, man. Ryan Tannehill, your number 14 quarterback. Right. So I put him here um, because I, this is going to be his first full season with – the like as a starter like going into the season as a starter and all that um and i think he'll just build off the success that they had last year and i think that i think that they're gonna throw the ball a little bit more this year than they did last year i know last year was like the year of derrick henry like he was their main game plan or whatever i still think he'll probably take majority of the snaps or whatever but um I think that Tannehill will improve on his pretty good season last year. I think last year might have been one of his better seasons that he ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, right here in the projections, we have almost 3,500 yards and 23 touchdowns, which is pretty good. And the, the 11 interceptions is, again, pretty good. Um, like, I, I expect that number to go up from last year because – he only had six last year. But, again, that was probably a big reason why, being that they handed off the ball to Henry so he didn't have as many opportunities to throw the ball. But – and also, I like him because he's a rushing quarterback. Um, that's probably partially because he used to be a wide receiver. So he has those wide receiver instincts slash, like guess, like playmaker instincts in him. And, yeah, I just – I think that overall he'll have a – good season and he'll be a serviceable quarterback and you could probably get him in the later rounds too you don't have to waste like a third round pick on like Drew Brees or whoever 
like one of those top tier guys. You could wait probably to like nine or ten or maybe even later to get Tannehill here. Yeah, I agree uh, with you that the Titans are definitely going to throw the ball more. Um, but I'm not sold on Ryan Tannehill as a top half quarterback yet. I love AJ Brown. Um, mm-hmm. AJ Brown's really good, but uh, I have to see them throw the ball more in order to believe that uh, Tannehill's fantasy production is going to go up significantly. Uh, QB 17 on the ESPN projection is not terrible. QB 14 for you. And if people are wondering about the rushing yards for some quarterbacks and not for others, uh, essentially the threshold that I put was 200 yards either achieved in actual 2019 stats or projected in the 2020 stats. So obviously you see here 206 rushing yards projected. If he would have played all 16 games last year, he would have had 200 yards Mm -hmm. most likely anyways. So, yeah. We will move on to number 13, and now here's your Drew Lock. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised when I actually had him higher than you. I know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's definitely one of the better younger quarterbacks in this league right now. Um, and, I mean, last year he only started five games, but if you average that out to a full season, that's over 3,000 yards, over 20 touchdowns, and... Um, over, I mean, under somewhere around 10 interceptions, I'll say. So, um, I don't know. I just think those numbers combined, plus the fact that he now has Jerry Judy, he still has Cortland Sutton there, and then they also drafted KJ Hamler, and the addition of Melvin Gordon alongside Philip Lindsay. They have a dynamic offense on the Broncos. So, I mean, it's unfortunate that they have to play teams like Kansas City twice, and even the Chargers with that defense twice. And I'll say the Raiders, too, just because that's the only team that I didn't say it. But they're in a tough division. But I think Drew Locke is the second-best quarterback in that division. And I, I just like his raw power. Maybe not as much as you, but in this sense, I guess I do, because I have him ranked higher. But yeah, I just I think he'll have a breakout season this year and definitely be a good quarterback to have on your fantasy team. Yeah, I think uh, the only thing I was thinking about when, when you were talking there was the only thing that scares me is their offensive line, like you said, about against the really Chargers. good defense in L.A. Uh, the Raiders are improving defense. Chiefs defense I don't worry about too much uh, because, yeah. There, they have Chris Jones and Frank Clark. That's the one thing we got to see too with them is can Drew Locke keep up with Patrick Mahomes in a head-to-head shootout? I don't think that he can, but we'll have to see about that. Well, he he played in a uh, pretty high up-tempo offense at Missouri, um, and they had some pretty high-scoring games as well there. But we'll see. Um, my number 13 is another young guy, Baker Mayfield for the Cleveland Browns. Um, QB 20 last year, QB 18 projected this year. Interceptions definitely need to go down. Touchdowns need to go up. But, yeah, he had the yards, and he's projected to have the yards still. Uh, I just think a part of the interceptions was kind of what Phillip Rivers' was, issue was last year in L.A., was 
poor offensive line play. Uh, I just talked about it with Drew Locke and the Broncos. But, yeah, the upgraded tackles for Cleveland, I think, will help Baker Mayfield tremendously. Jedrick Wills on the left side, um, Jack Conklin on the right side. I think that's going to help him a lot, as well as I think they're going to run the ball more under first-year head coach Kevin Stefanski because that's what he did with Dalvin Cook in Minnesota when he was the offensive coordinator there. Um, that'll open up play action opportunities for Baker Mayfield. And I think that'll also help um, having a healthy Odell Beckham Jr. as well, a fully healthy one after he had sports hernia surgery um, in the offseason. Hmm. <laughs> uh your reasoning for not having Mayfield on your list, Chris? I just, I don't know. I've never liked him, even when he came out. Um, I'm pretty sure I've said this in previous shows, but, like, I don't want to say he's Johnny Manziel 2.0 because he's not. There's no, nobody's Johnny Manziel. But I think he's, like, I, I don't think he'll ultimately work out in Cleveland here. Um, even with that high-powered offense and improved uh, offensive line. Just something about him that I don't really like. That Maybe it's just the fiery attitude that he has, but I know that has nothing to do with his play or whatever, but like, I've just always been turned off by him. Um, but, yeah, if he can get those interceptions down, though, I think he can be a good quarterback, but he has to show that he can get those interceptions down before I put him on my list. All right. Well, we'll go to number 12 here. And uh, this is my guy I have in Dynasty, one of my four quarterbacks I have, uh, and all four of them are actually on my list. This is the second one. Uh, Drew Locke was the other one. But, uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, it's, I have him a lot lower than you. Um, but I think it's just because of limited weapons. And Green Bay didn't do anything to help him. Uh, it's still the Devontae Adams show out wide. Uh, he has a second-year tight end, or third year. Um, can't remember when Jay Sternberger was drafted. But running backs are pretty solid, though. Uh, Aaron Jones is a good pass catcher. Uh, I'm not sold on Jamal Williams. I'm, I don't really like Jamal Williams, but uh, A.J. Dillon, the rookie, is there as well at the running back position. I don't know. I think, like it shows here on the ESPN projections, it is going to be a regression for Aaron Rodgers. Interceptions most definitely are going to go up. Throwing only four in a season, you're going to regress that number a lot. Um, but, yeah, 26 touchdowns is solid. Close or 3,800 yards per projection, I think that's good. QB 13 for him, I mean, I have him at 12, so I think that's right on. Um, It's sad that Aaron Rodgers is this low, but like I said, with the front office not helping him get any weapons, it's I think it is what it is at this point. Yeah, a few years ago, I think he was, like, the number one overall pick for some people, so it is surprising to see him kind of slip, but, I mean, that happens with everybody. Yep, he was uh, QB1 two years ago, and I uh, traded for him in Dynasty League. So, mm-hmm. But he's still, he's still there, and I'll, I'll probably still start him eventually for against a couple of the teams that he plays. Mm-hmm. 
But here is your 12th quarterback, my guy Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. So one of the main reasons I had him here and not higher is because of his injury history. I think if he can stay healthy, he could potentially be top 10, maybe even top 5, because he has the skill set to be that kind of quarterback. But I just have him here at 12 because injuries always scare me, especially in fantasy, um, and especially with the quarterback position because it is such a big part of your fantasy team. Um, So I had him at 12 because of that, but... As you can see here with your projections, I mean, yards go down by only 200. Touchdowns are the same, and interceptions go up a little bit, but he only had seven last year. Like you said, a low number like that, you're most likely going to go up. Um, and then another reason I like him too, but at the same time, that's kind of also why I'm hesitant about him, is that he is a rushing quarterback, kind of. Um, because of injury, his injury history, I'm hesitant that when he leaves the pocket and starts running, that's when someone's going to go after those legs and knock him out of the game again. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that, and especially the fact that he's in a relatively weak division other than Dallas, he plays four games against the Giants and the Redskins. So the Redskins are on the up, but the Giants still have a really bad defense. So I think that those four games, though, he'll have a lot of points in those four games especially and I can't remember the rest of their schedule but I think that if he could stay healthy and all that he could be definitely a top half of the quarter top half of the league in fantasy but again like I said if he could stay healthy and all that I think he can push down to the top 10 at least yeah he's uh, quarterback 10 last year projected as the same quarterback 10 this year um one thing that's funny, when I looked at the projections, they're always low. Uh, you'll, we'll see when we get to our top quarterbacks. Even their projections are a lot lower than their actual stats from last year, which always happens. Uh, people always outperform the projections. I think that ESPN wants to set the projections lower um, just because it's safer <laughs> for them. <laughs> so people can't go, oh, well, you projected this and... He only scored this many points, but I don't know. Projections are, I don't, I don't really like projections, but we have to have them in order to accurately predict what's going to happen um, in this season. So your eleventh quarterback here is the goat, <laughs> Tom Brady with the Tampa Bay Bucks. All right. So if anybody sees this, hold on. <laughs> if anybody sees this. Uh, ranking here I'll probably get a lot of hate for it and say that I'm just a Tom Brady hater or whatever but I do believe he has like probably top 7 or 8 potential I just put him here because he is another year older he's never really been a top fantasy quarterback and I mean even though he is on probably the best offense he's had in what like 10 years I I just gotta see from him that he can actually still play and still do like a good job um and like like I said with the weapons that he has around him he should probably be like at the very least a top 10 quarterback probably even like top 7 I'll say 
So, um, but again, he's is he? I think he is the oldest quarterback in the league. Oh yeah, forty two. And I don't, he's not the oldest player though. That's still Vinatieri. But if he plays, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that's really the only reason I had Brady here at eleven. When I know, spoiler, you have him a little higher than that. But you'll get to that later. But, yeah, that's the only reason I really had him at 11. Yeah, I was surprised looking at his 19 sets that he had over 4,000 yards. Uh, I think a product of that was a bad rushing game in New England. Uh, so he had to the throw the ball. Strategy. They always just threw it five yards to the running back and the running back did the rest. Yeah. Uh, but his projections were <laughs> ridiculous. I, I, I would have to check, but... He might be projected to have the most passing yards. I'm not exactly sure. I'd have to check. But yeah, 31 touchdowns, 9 picks. Fantastic if he can hit those numbers. But I'll get to him on my I mean, list. I would be happy because I have him on our in our dynasty league. But he's not going to be starting for me because I have Russell Wilson as my other quarterback. So, we'll see. Might have to in some of the games, man. We'll yeah. see. Um, my 11th one is Carson Wentz, though. Uh, you just talked about him. I think he does hit 4,000 yards again, even though ESPN has him a, a tick over 3,800 for the projections. But I think 4,000 yards for him is is a good number. Um, even though Miles Sanders is going to progress and is the actual lead back this year, they're going to sign a veteran, most likely Devontae Freeman, still to help out the running game. Um but yeah, I I think he he's fine. I Carson Wentz and Ben Roethlisberger are, are two guys that I have always drafted, not just because they play for my teams, but because they are guys that you can get relatively late in the mid rounds, um, like round ten, something around there, ten or twelve, and they can start for you, and you don't have to spend a premium draft pick on guys like Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. Um, But, yeah, I think 4,000 yards. He was actually the first um, Eagles quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards, and I can't remember who was the last one, but it it had been a long time since an Eagles quarterback had thrown for 4,000 yards. And uh, I like him, like I said, I I like him to get 4,000 yards again this season. Against those that weak Giants defense, like we already said, um, the Giants. I don't. He always plays really well against the Giants every time. Uh, I'm not sure what his record is against the Giants, but I'm sure it's pretty good. Uh, the Redskins, their D line kind of scares me now with Chase Young there and a second year left tackle in Andre Dillard, and now a replacement um, right guard with the Brandon Brooks injury. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see. And the, the Cowboys, I'm not sure. Their, their defense is, uh, doesn't scare me too much, but they do have Gerald McCoy and Dontari Poe now yeah. in the middle of that defense. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence on the outside. They don't really have another guy on the opposite of Demarcus Lawrence, though, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Carson Wentz, my 11th quarterback, and we are going to the top 10 now here. 
And like I just talked about, Ben Roethlisberger, man, uh, a lot higher than you, but I I believe he's gonna he's gonna be in the running for comeback player of the year, no doubt. Um, I'm not really sure who else is in the running other than Cam Newton, but yeah, I think he has a strong case for comeback player of the year with Juju. Uh, Deontay Johnson taking the next step in year two. And uh, along with James Conner, a healthy James Conner, if he can stay healthy the whole year, that'll help uh, Big Ben a lot. The projections, I'm not sure. Uh, the yards are pretty solid. Um, I don't know. The projections actually don't look terrible. I think he could probably have more like 28 touchdowns instead of 25. 12 interceptions is probably where, where he's going to be. He's usually usually in the double digits. Uh, he's not really a guy that cares about interception numbers, especially when he has to play against um, a pretty solid Ravens defense, Browns defense, and a mediocre Bengals defense. Um, but, yeah, Ben Roth, Big Ben, QB 10 um, for me. You're quarterback 10 is my 16th guy Philip Rivers yeah like I said we had the same two guys just flip position um but yeah I just I think that this year coming up might be Rivers best season of his career like I know it's a probably pretty bold statement but just being in a new city and a new uniform and all that it's been proven before that a change of scenery kind of helps a player out a lot. And I think for Philip Rivers here, he's always been on that Chargers team that either just misses the playoffs or, like, when they were the team to beat, and then they got beat. <laughs> so I think that this might be his best chance he's ever had at a championship, and I think he knows that, and I think he knows that his time is running out. So he will, I think, put his all out on the field and – I, and especially with the offense that he has now, and one of the best offensive lines in football, um, I don't know, I just think that, I think he will make get over 4,000. And I want to even say that he might hit over 30 for the touchdowns too. Um, but Rivers has always been kind of an interception machine, as we saw last year with 20 interceptions. But again, I think that was partly because of the bad offensive line play. Um, so I think 15 might be right where he is. So I think that's right. But yeah, I mean, I know compared to you and compared to ESPN, I have him very high. But I just, I don't know. Something about him in Indianapolis just sounds right to me. Like, I think he'll just blow everybody out of the water to this year. Yeah, um, definitely weaker division to play in with the Titans being the primary competition uh, Jaguars not really a factor and the Texans without DeAndre Hopkins who knows what that's going to look like but um, yeah I like it <laughs> uh, number 9 Chris uh, Kyler Murray okay so a big reason that he is in the top 10 for me is because of the guy you were just talking about, DeAndre Hopkins. The, I mean, 
his stats last year were pretty good too. He had thirty seven hundred yards and twenty passing touchdowns. When I can't even think of they had Larry Fitzgerald, obviously like the best Cardinal to ever play, and uh, I'm blanking on the other guy's name, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, right? Yeah. yeah. Those were his top two receivers, but now he has DeAndre Hopkins as the as his number one, and still the shorthanded Larry Fitzgerald um, as his number two now, which I think will also help Larry Fitzgerald. But we'll get to that in a couple weeks. Um, I just think that in this offense, even I mean, they have the same running backs essentially that they did last year. Um, because no David, David Johnson didn't really do anything. Yeah, no so, David Johnson. Yeah, so they have, they still have um, Ken Drake and Chase Edmonds, right? Mm-hmm. I think they're both still on it. So he still has the pieces around him. And like I said, he performed to QB8 status last year with the the team that he had. So now the addition of, of uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I think will just make him even better than that. And also the fact that he's a rushing quarterback as well. He had over 500 yards last year. ESPN has him under 500 this year, which I could definitely see happening because of DeAndre Hopkins being there. Because now he'll have more opportunities to throw the ball, and more. And I think that the receivers will be open more, especially Larry Fitzgerald. Like I said before, because now there's going to be double teams against DeAndre Hopkins, and that'll leave. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald with a single coverage or even Christian Kirk in the slot. So. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll get to uh, Kyler Murray here in a little bit. Um, definitely a solid player, though. I know I didn't I didn't really like him coming out um, just because of his size. Um, but yeah, I'll talk about him in a little bit here. Yeah, I wasn't sure about him either until, like, I saw him play, so yeah. yeah. I would definitely draft him if I had the chance to, if I didn't already have a quarterback. Yeah, uh, my number nine one here is another rushing-style quarterback. Uh, Deshaun Watson with the Texans. Like you said, no DeAndre Hopkins this year. That's probably the only reason he's this low. Um, otherwise, he would probably be in the top five like he was last year and he's projected to be this year, which I was very shocked by his ESPN projection of QB3. Uh, without DeAndre Hopkins, they're going to have Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, um, and I can't remember the third receiver there for some reason. Uh, I don't know. Um, I know Kiki QT, but he's not pretty much a non-factor at this point. Yeah. But, yeah, over 4,000 yards for the projection. He got close to that last year. I think... All his stats um, look pretty solid. Like I said, I don't QB three is high for me though. Without Hopkins, uh, I was reading a ESPN fantasy article today about um, answering the top burning questions for each team, and the one for the Texans was um, who is who gets the most targets for the Texans without Hopkins there, and the answer they gave was Brandon Cooks. Which isn't bad. Uh, Brandon Cooks is, has usually produced a uh, thousand yard seasons in the past with all of the teams that he's been on, but I'm just not sold with the concussion issues that he has, the injury concerns that Will Fuller has had throughout his career, 
Uh, Kiki QT has had injuries. Um, they do have David Johnson, which uh, I don't. I think Duke Johnson's going to get more passing targets than David Johnson will, because that's just kind of how what Duke Johnson is is more of a third down guy. But tight end is not really a big factor. I mean, yeah, Darren Fells had a pretty good season, but uh, it's Darren I Fells. Still Huh? I said I still believe in <laughs> Um Let's go ahead uh move on to number eight here. Now here is where I put Kyler Murray. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I didn't like him coming out of college. Um, just like I said, because of his size and him being a mobile quarterback, um, I was scared that he was going to get hurt. But surprisingly, I mean, yeah, 544 yards last year. But I don't think he actually ran as much as people thought he was going to. Um, 3,700 yards was a a lot for him uh, from what people probably expected. Um, I know 3,700 yards was a lot more than Lamar Jackson had, but Lamar Jackson also had 1,200 rushing yards. Um, So... But, yeah, his projections are solid. Um, QB6, I have him at QB8, like where he was last year. But, uh, yeah, I think he can definitely hit that QB6 mark and potentially even go into the top five uh, if the chemistry with DeAndre Hopkins is there and D-Hop plays like he did in Houston. I think that's a big factor there. Offensive line is kind of shaky in Arizona as well, but they're not – terrible Uh, they're kind of middle of the league I would say in terms of offensive line play Um, your eighth quarterback here is Mr. Titletown Aaron Rodgers (laughs) yeah um, I don't know I'm just for him even though he doesn't really have weapons around him he still does have I mean not DeAndre uh, Devontae not Parker either Devontae Adams there we go um and Devontae Adams, I think, is one of the best wide receivers in the league. Um, definitely one of the better ones in the NFC, for sure. But, um, I don't know. And also, like you were saying before, he has a pretty decent running back duo behind him, especially Aaron Jones. And, I don't know, I just, I, I think part of the reason I put him so high is because of his name alone and his capability to do all the things that he's done but I still think that he will have a really good season especially because um, I, don't know, I just think that he's also in a weaker division um, especially because of the questions at quarterback in Chicago and the Lions are still nowhere near contention the only um real threat is Minnesota but they lost Stefan Diggs so I think that his team especially in those six games will have I don't know I just think he'll be able to go out there do his job and be a serviceable quarterback I definitely think he's still starter potential as I think you would agree with that Um, and yeah even if his numbers do go down a little bit I still think that he will be a top 10 
obviously I have him here at eight. But um, and as you put it here too, he's somewhat of a mobile quarterback. He obviously is a throwing first, like gunslinger at first, but he knows when to run and when to uh, abandon a play. So I definitely think that he's still a top ten quarterback. Yeah, I was uh, talking to my uncle, who is a Packers fan, over Father's Day weekend a couple weeks ago, and uh, I asked him about Jordan Love, but also he talked about Aaron Rodgers, and uh, I kind of agreed with him where you you can slowly start to see the regression of Aaron Rodgers' career, uh, being that he's thirty five, um, he's getting to that point in time where I think he's starting to deteriorate in his play. So, um, yeah, you have him higher than me. Uh, But like I said, he's on my dynasty team, so uh, I'm probably going to end up playing him in a couple games. And don't underestimate the Bears Bears and the Vikings' defenses. Uh, The Lions' defense is still not good, but um, Bears is definitely still a top-ten defense, which – get to in even a couple more weeks uh but yeah your number seven here is this is where you had deshaun watson at mm-hmm. yeah so i had him a couple of spots higher than you obviously but i if deandre happens was still there i think he'd be a top three um so to me being at seven is a little low for him because i i think he is one of the best quarterbacks in this league. Um, and it helps, especially in the fantasy aspect, that he is a rushing quarterback. As you stated before, he's projected over 500 rushing yards this year, which right there, that's 50 points. Um, and, again, I kind of prefer the rushing quarterbacks in fantasy because rushing yards, it's one for every 10 yards, whereas for just throwing the ball, it's, what, one every 25 or something like that? Mm-hmm. So... The rushing quarterbacks get more points usually because they get the points faster when running the ball. Um, and I think that he might do that a little bit more this year, as the projections say, um, because he doesn't have that go-to guy in DeAndre Hopkins. But, but he does, I think, still have pretty decent weapons because he has Will Fuller, and I think if Will Fuller can stay on the field. I don't want to say he'll fill DeAndre Hopkins' shoes, but he'll do, I think, a pretty decent job of trying to fill in for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, And then he has the other two guys in um, Randall Cobb and... Randall Cobb, that was the one I was looking for earlier. Yeah. (laughs) Randall Cobb and... uh, Cooks. Yeah, Brandon Cooks. Cooks is the long guy now, and Randall Cobb is the sure-handed slot guy. And like you said before, he still has Darren Fells as his tight end. I think that he has plenty of options still, even though none of them are technically, not technically, but none of them are DeAndre Hopkins. I still think that the receiving core that he has and the running backs that he has, especially Duke Johnson, I think that Together, they'll allow Deshaun Watson to have a pretty good season. Yeah, I can't uh, really argue with uh, 
anything you said there. Um, my seventh guy, here's where I have the GOAT. Um, I, think, I, I just can't say enough about what I think he's going to do in Tampa. I think he's going to have his best statistical season ever in Tampa with the way that Bruce Arians likes to throw the ball, uh, along with Chris Godwin, Mike Evans at receiver, Gronk, O.J. Howard, Cam Brait at tight end. They're, they're three deep at tight end there. Um, Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn out of the backfield. Uh, I don't really like those guys too much, um, but at the same time, we've seen it historically that Tom Brady likes to throw to his running backs and tight ends more than he does to the wide receivers, but he's never had wide receivers like he does in Tampa now. So, wouldn't say never, but he hasn't uh, had the well, overall he, receiving core, I guess. He had, what, Randy Moss uh, was his best receiver in New England. Um, but that was only for a couple seasons. He had Dion Branch, too, at one point. He was good. I think Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are better than Dion Branch. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, like I said, uh, his projections are really crazy. And I don't have a problem with them because I think he has a shot to reach those. Uh, maybe not get to 4,500 yards like he's close to on the projections there, but 31 touchdowns, 9 interceptions is not out of the realm of possibilities for Tom Brady, I think. I know that it's like that's what it is, but 291 fantasy points seems low with those numbers. Hey, I just took him off. I'm just saying, I know that that's what it calculates to, but like just (laughs) seeing 4,500 yards, 31 touchdowns, like under 300 points doesn't seem, seem like it should be that. But. <laughs> like I said, I just took it off uh, ESPN's <clears throat> website. So, uh, Number six for me, here is your guy, uh, Drew Brees. Played 10 games last year. Uh, still pretty, pretty solid for 10 games. Uh, close to 3,000 yards. 27 touchdowns. Ridiculous in 10 games. 2.7 touchdowns per game uh, and along with four interceptions is just ridiculous um, but QB 21 with, with the 10 games there um, I'm not sure where he was 2018 wise I'm sure he was a top 5 quarterback but yeah QB 11 in the projections this year um, I really don't have a problem with the projections that they have here Um Probably maybe more closer to 42.50 for the yards, uh, but 30 touchdowns, nine interceptions I think is kind of high for Drew Brees because he's usually around that six to eight mm-hmm. area. But, yeah, um, I think Drew Brees is going to be fine. The addition of Emmanuel Sanders as the wide receiver too, so he doesn't have to necessarily look for Michael Thomas all the time. He has another option in the passing game, um, as well as the development of Traquan Smith and Deontay Harris at wide receiver. Um, Jared Cook coming off injury at tight end. And Alvin Kamara in the backfield is pretty solid. (laughs) Uh, You're number six. What? Wait, who's their backup right now for running back? Is Uh, it still? I don't know. 
Murray? Oh, yeah, Latavius Murray. Is it still Murray? Okay. Yeah. Uh, your number six, guys, Josh Allen. Um, as much as it pains me to have an AFC East player on here, um, I definitely think he is, at the moment, the best quarterback in the division. Um, and with the addition of Stefan Diggs, I think that just made his um, stats even – or his – uh, positioning even better and I'm looking here and it's kind of surprising that he's supposed to drop six spots um, with better numbers almost I think that the touchdowns are a little low here for the 2020 projections only getting 18 touchdowns um, I think he'll definitely hit 20 um, maybe even 25 but I, the only reason I have him at six and not a little bit uh, higher on the list is that he still, to me, I think still has to show consistency and still has to kind of clean up some of the accuracy issues he has. Because um, he threw, he overthrew receivers a lot. But, I mean, now that he has Stefan Diggs on the outside, who's a pretty fast guy, I think Stefan Diggs will save him a couple times. Um, but, yeah, and again, like I was talking about before, he's a mobile, like, running quarterback. So... I always like those guys better than standing in the pocket guys because of the extra points that they get there. Um, I mean, he did run a lot more than I think he will this year. I think he'll actually run less this year than he did last year. But again, that's because of Stefan Diggs being there and he'll have more opportunities to throw the ball and stuff. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that he's a must start quarterback. If you have him on your team, as long as he's not, also on the same team as one of the top five guys that I got here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that Josh Allen, if you can get him in, like, the fifth, sixth round, go for it. But he might not be there by then. Yeah, I like him. Um, he is still on my list to come up here. But uh, go ahead. You're number five guy, Drew Brees. We have uh, these him and Josh Allen flip-flops here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the reason I put him ahead of Josh Allen is because Drew Brees is Drew Brees. He's shown that he can be consistently a top-five quarterback every year, pretty much. And I think if he played those extra six games last year, he would have at least cracked the top ten. Um, but Bridgewater last year did fine in that role. But um, I think that he definitely hits the 4,000 yards gets to 30 and like you said I think the interception is a little high I think he gets like 7 or 8 like you said um, and again he has maybe the best offense he's had in at least 5 years maybe even longer than that because now he actually has a good wide receiver too and I don't think that they've had like a actual wide receiver duo since Marcus Colston and um, younger Michael Thomas. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if he played with Colston or not, though. I can't remember. Yeah, but like, like I can't remember who their second receiver was on their Super Bowl team. But yeah, I think that those two guys, like Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas together, along with Alvin Kamara and Jared Cook and everybody else, I think that that'll help Breeze 
and again, kind of like I was saying before with uh, Aaron Rodgers and Brady and whoever else, they're at the end of their careers. So I think that they're all going to try to give all that they have left now, especially Breeze because he's been kind of ousted the last couple of years in the playoffs in unfair fashion. But, uh, yeah, I'm not being salty. But, yeah, I just – I. Anytime I have the chance to draft him, I do. So. Yeah, I think the Vikings beat them fair and square last year in in New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> just saying that. Uh, yeah, Drew Brees is solid, man. Uh, not in my top five, but right outside. Definitely a top five worthy selection, though, uh, in the quarterback range. My top five, is, my fifth guy is Josh Allen, though. Um, Josh Allen, another guy, another young guy that I really like. Um, and he is the third of four guys, like I said, on my dynasty roster that uh, come on to the rankings here. But yeah, Josh Allen, 30, uh, probably hit 3,500 yards with Stephon Diggs. Uh, touchdowns, like you said, are way low for the projections i think uh 25 like you said is a pretty good number interceptions i think are actually kind of low for him uh you stated the accuracy issues that he's had in the past surprisingly only nine interceptions last year uh, but i think a factor in that is that because he runs he doesn't have as many pass attempts so there's less chances that he throws an interception um which also hurts his passing touchdown numbers. Nine touchdowns rushing last year was uh, ridiculously solid. He actually has the second most rushing touchdowns since he's came into the league, um, which is 17 rushing touchdowns since last year was his second year. Did Lamar Jackson break that last year? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar Jackson is the only other quarterback that has more rushing touchdowns than him since he's came into the league. But, um, yeah. I think uh, Josh Allen is, like I said, one of my favorite young players at the quarterback position, um, along with Drew Locke, Baker Mayfield, those guys. I have no qualms about him being a top-five quarterback, Um, and I think he will definitely reach that status. I really wish that he wasn't on the Bills, though, because I want to like him, but I can't because he's on the Bills, and they're a division rival of the Jets. I will make sure to play him when I play you in Dynasty this year. Um, just just send me a reminder that I have to start him, regardless of who he's playing. <laughs> uh, we both have the same fourth and third quarterbacks. But uh, fourth here, Russell Wilson, a guy that you said you love. Um, yeah, he's my starter. Big dip in projected yards by 500. Um, not too much on the touchdowns or interceptions. Rushing yards, sort of the same, about 50 yards difference. And touchdowns say the same for on the ground. But yeah, um, Russell Wilson is absolutely amazing. Uh, MVP contender for most of the season last year until he kind of tailed so off. For Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, he would have been MVP. Well, I think he kind of tailed off within the last three games or so. 
as far as his massive statistical games was concerned. But yeah, QB3 last year, QB5 projected this year. Um, definitely in the top three QB consideration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think the only reason I put him at four and not three is because of the offense that number three is in compared to the offense that he's in. He doesn't, I mean, he has now DK Metcalf and, and uh, Lockett. Tyler Lockett. But those guys, I'm still not sold. And I've never really been sold on Tyler Lockett, but I'm not 100% sold on DK Metcalf either. I mean, he had a pretty good rookie year last year, but again, the sophomore slump is a thing. So I could see him kind of taking a dip in production, especially with like all these limitations and restrictions that could be, could be happening this year. Um, but yeah, I definitely think he's top four and even possibly top three. So he, he's definitely one of my favorites, especially because I keep saying, but the he's a mobile running quarterback, and he is probably one of the best escape artists I've ever seen at the quarterback position. Yeah, and I mean that's how that's really how you win at the quarterback position in fantasy is getting a mobile quarterback that's going to produce um, mm-hmm. four hundred to five hundred rushing yards and a couple touchdowns. Uh, but yeah, I think the tight ends are magnificent in Seattle. Greg Olson, Will Disley, um, as well as uh, Jacob Hollister. I think they're like I said with the Bucks, one of the few teams that run three deep at tight end. And uh, the running backs are pretty good too. Uh, Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde, do they sign this year? Yeah, uh, Rashad Penny coming off a ACL injury, torn ACL um, from November. But, yeah, Russell Wilson at number four. And like I said, we both agree on the number three guy as well, but I'll let you go first on uh, – Dak Prescott franchise tag yeah. for the Cowboys. Well, I think the fact that he ended up signing it is a big reason why I had him at three. Because if he didn't sign it, I think that things wouldn't have gone as smoothly and all that. Um, he might not have even played. But again, <clears throat> like I was saying when we were talking about Russell Wilson, one of the big reasons I put him at three is because of the offense that he's in. He's got Zeke at the, in the backfield. He's got Amari Cooper. And he's got now CD Lamb. He's got three, like, that's a three-headed monster out there. I'm sure most teams in the league would take that as a as their wide receivers one and two and their running back. Um, and with that offensive line, I mean, it's not as good as it used to be, but it's still pretty solid. And, uh, I mean, they show here that he's, the projections are that he takes a pretty big dip in, in uh, yards, which I'm kind of surprised about. I mean, 4,900 is a big number to get to, but dropping 700 yards is pretty significant, I think. And I think he'll get probably so, to somewhere around 4,500. Um, and the touchdowns, too, I think. might He might hit 30 again. And interceptions? <sighs> I think 11 is probably about right. And again, he's a mobile quarterback that if he needs to, he will run. And he knows how to maneuver when he's running with the ball. So 
I really like him, and I know you like him even more because you do have him on your team, I believe, right? Yeah, this is so, the last guy I have on my Dynasty roster. Um, yeah, so I'll turn it over to you now to talk about. I traded for him last year, I believe it was, and uh, it turned out pretty well. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I didn't win the championship, but that's all right. I'll, I'll get it this year. Uh yeah, I, just like you, it pains you to have Josh Allen the um, as high as you do. Uh, I hate that Dak Prescott this high, but uh, as I showed my frustrations on draft night, uh, CeeDee Lamb, as well as Amari Cooper, like you said, Zeke Elliott, Michael Gallup, a lot of Cowboys fans love Michael Gallup. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not too sold on Michael Gallup, but... Uh, well, side note, if... Uh... If the Jets do trade Jamal Adams to the Cowboys, Gallup better be in that deal coming back to New York. <laughs> I wouldn't want him, but that's just me. Uh, yeah. I was surprised you said you were surprised about the uh, yardage dip. I think that's fine. Getting close to 5,000 yards in a season is really historic. Uh, 5,000 yards don't 5,000 yard seasons don't come along very often. So that the fact that he got that close last year, uh, I think, was a testament to, like you said, the offensive line, and really Amari Cooper because until he got Amari Cooper, he wasn't prolific like he was after he got Amari Cooper. No, but that's what I was saying though. Like, I I don't think he's gonna hit forty nine hundred again. I think, but I think he'll still get like forty five hundred. Like, I think forty two is a little too low, especially because he now has probably the best duo that he's had in his career so far yeah um i don't know i think the rest of his stats are, pr- are pretty good i think he can definitely attain uh, the rushing numbers touchdowns passing mm-hmm. touchdowns and interceptions i think that's fine qb4 projection here for espn he was qb2 last year i think a big factor was that he almost threw for f- uh, five thousand yards so yeah, I I have no issues with him being in the top three, um, except that he's a Dallas Cowboy. And he doesn't play well against the Eagles anyways, so it's okay. <laughs> except for when they play in Dallas. In Dallas, he plays great against the Eagles. In Philly, different story. <laughs> All righty. Uh, number two here. And we have number one and two flip-flop, just like you had a couple other guys. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes at number two. Um, Pretty good increase in yards and touchdowns. But I think that's the fact that he only played 14 instead of the total 16 games. I think if he plays the other two games, I think he reaches the uh, projections here easily. Maybe not having six more touchdowns, uh, but... He did have 12 touchdowns in three playoff games <laughs> this year, along with five touchdowns against the Texans in the divisional round. So In one quarter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, QB2 on ESPN, like I have him here. Uh, Ten interceptions, un- he might get there. I'm not sure if he throws that many or not. Five last year was definitely solid. Like we said, with Drew Brees only throwing four. Uh, but, yeah, I think he needs to, I don't know, 
I would say I think he needs to kind of not run as much, but at the same time, I don't think you can really tell Patrick Mahomes what to do after he was a <laughs> league MVP and then Super Bowl, Super Bowl champ. champion and Super Bowl MVP in back-to-back seasons. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, you're going to go with uh, the 2019 MVP in Lamar Jackson, number two. Yeah, so he was obviously quarterback number one last year, and he's projected to be it again this year. So I don't have any problem with you putting him at number one. The only issue I have with him is the fact that he is pretty much he runs before he throws the ball. And I don't know, I just see something happening with him where he, like, because he runs so much, he might, like, I think he has a higher risk of getting injured, even though he doesn't really have any history. But mobile quarterbacks always usually are the ones that get the injuries more so than the pocket passers or more so than, like, I mean, no quarterback in history has run more than Lamar Jackson has. So it's kind of interesting to see what he'll do. But if he could stay healthy and all that and um, keep up the production that he has, there's no doubt in my mind that he's definitely at least the top two. Um, And, I mean, it helps that he has a running back like Mark Ingram behind him right now. Um, and I mean, offensive line is not really an issue for him because he is the mobile quarterback. And if if a defense gets through his line, he'll just run around them, as he showed plenty of times last year. Um, and he's also, I mean, he's a running quarterback, but he's actually really good as like a like a passing quarterback as well, though, because as you saw, he had thirty six passing touchdowns, and only six interceptions. That's impressive considering he also had the 1,200 rushing yards. So, again, I think he, either way, if he's two or if he's one, but the only reason I put him at two is because of the the risk of injury, I guess I should say. Yeah, when I saw 36 passing touchdowns, like, my jaw kind of, like, dropped. <laughs> so I, I didn't even, I didn't think he had that many. Like, I knew he had a lot, but I don't think he had that mm-hmm. many. Like, that's crazy. Uh, I'll talk about him more in a little bit, though. Number one for you, Patrick Mahomes, though. Uh, mm-hmm. Give me your spiel about him. Well, like I said, the only reason I put him at one and Lamar at two is because of the injury risk for Lamar. Um, but Patrick Mahomes is just a different breed. Like, him and Lamar are both a different breed. But, like, you saw, you saw plenty of times last year, there was a couple instances where he did the no-look pass or, like, the left-handed pass or whatever else like he's done trick shots in the middle of a live game like how (laughs) like we've never seen anything like this before um but yeah as the numbers show here he only played 14 games last year one of them though was i think it was the last game right because they didn't they already had everything secure so he didn't play right or no he played it was the two the two games that he got injured Oh, he missed two? I thought he only missed one in the middle uh-huh. of the Okay. Well, anyway. Um, yeah, I just... I, 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 <laughs> I can't even talk. I just think that he's on his own level. Um, that, And he's got Tyreek Hill 
and Travis Kelsey, probably two of the best at their respective positions. And he's now got Clyde's Edward, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at the running back position, as well as Damian Williams still. So that high-powered offense, I think, um, just helps him to be even better than he is. I mean, in all the categories, he's projected to go up. Um, which obviously you don't want to go up in interceptions, but he only had five last year, as you said before. So chances are that he's going to throw more than five this year. Um, but yeah, I still think he'll be at the end of the season, the number one quarterback. I mean, going back to the 14 games from last year, he only played 14. So he missed two full games last year. Who knows what he could have done in those two games. It was actually two and a half games because he got hurt in right before halftime in that Broncos game. Yeah, so he could have had another thousand yards, another ten touchdowns. Like he could have blown everybody out of the water, and he probably could have been the QB one and all that. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> but. The reason I'm going to go Lamar Jackson as my number one is because, like you've been saying, rushing. Rushing uh, statistics for quarterbacks push them up the, the um, rankings for quarterback play in, in fantasy football. Um, obviously, a great regression. Uh, you can't expect him to run for 1,200 yards again. So 300-yard regression in, in that aspect Still six touchdowns around the same area. Like, he had seven last year. Um, I still don't like his receivers, though. Uh, he has Marquise Brown. But other than that, there's not really a, a big big second receiver. Um, the backs are wonderful. Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins. Uh, along with they have Gus Edwards and Justice Hill there as well. Um, tight end Mark Andrews is probably in the top five at tight end. So, I don't know. I think, like I said, the rushing yards uh, put Lamar over the top of Patrick Mahomes for me. Uh, like I said before about uh, Dak Prescott, I hate that Lamar is up here because of the Steelers, but hey. We can beat them still. It doesn't matter. Our defense is that good. I think that the Ravens are a lot more beatable this year than they were last year because now everybody is prepared for Lamar Jackson and, like, they have a full year of tape on him and all that. So I think that – I don't think they're going to have that 14-2 and two season that they did last year, but they'll still probably – I think we had them either at the – one of the two last year. I mean, in our projections for this upcoming year. Yeah, it was funny that you said you had uh, Lamar at two with injury concerns over uh, Patrick Mahomes at one. Um, and it's funny because I, when Lamar came out, I compared him to RG3, who's their backup. And I still, I, I agree with you in that aspect, though. It, it all, all it takes is one hit. And he's done. Mm-hmm. Exactly like RG3 was. So that concerns me, and that's kind of why I don't go for the top quarterbacks. Um, but we'll talk about draft strategy at the end here. Let's get into our um, 
quarterback sleepers, though, for the 2020 season here. And, um, yeah, Matthew Stafford. Um, eight games last year. His statistics in eight games were really good. Uh, 2,500 yards, 19 touchdowns, five interceptions. And he still ended up in the top 30 at quarterback with only playing eight games. Um, numbers obviously are going to go way up this year being if he plays a full season and I don't know Matthew Stafford I know my fraternity brother Nick Russo always loves Matthew Stafford and fantasy I've kind of stayed away from him um, in the past but he is one of the better quarterbacks and projected as the a top 10 guy here yeah, I feel I feel bad for Stafford because he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league since he's been in the league, but he's just been on the worst teams. Like, he's never had a good team. The only good player he's ever really played with is Megatron. Like, I don't know, but he somehow, like you said, always has the numbers. He's hit five thousand yards a couple times, um, I think, and. Yeah, right. Like you said, he played half a season last year, but if you double that, he'd have like 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That's incredible. So I don't expect him to have those kind of numbers this year, but I think the projections are pretty good. Yeah, and he has has somewhat um, of solid playmakers. I mean, Kerryon Johnson has to stay healthy. They drafted DeAndre Swift in the second round. They have Kenny Kenny Galladay, who is probably one of the better receivers out there, um, along with Marvin Jones and T.J. Hawkinson, who they drafted eighth overall last year. So if I think if Hawk takes the next goes the next step, DeAndre Swift contributes. Um, I don't know. It, it, DeAndre Swift might have to contribute a lot, depending on if Carryon Johnson stays healthy or not. But I think with Kenny Galladay, um, it's a solid option for Matthew Stafford to look for every time. Mm-hmm. So we'll move on from Matthew Stafford and go to the next sleeper here, Kirk Cousins. Um, you want to take it away, Chris? All right, so I've always had a salty taste about him, especially after what he did to the Jets a couple years ago. <laughs> I mean, I think it worked out better for the Jets, but he's never really... Like, I've never really liked him anyway because he, he never really impressed me in Washington. And even now with uh, Minnesota, he's had pretty good years, but now he lost probably his best receiver um, with Stephon Diggs. I mean, I know there's an argument for Adam Thielen to be the best receiver on the team, but I personally think that Stephon Diggs is better. Um, and Kirk, I mean, he's also been known to have accuracy issues, so – He's kind of on the fence for me. Like, right there in the projections, he's projected to be QB 21. Um, I mean, last year he would have technically made our list because he he was QB 15, and he had pretty decent numbers. But, again, he's on a team with a pretty solid defense, so I think the defense is going to keep them in low-scoring games and stuff, so he's not going to have to throw the ball as much, and I think – They'll have the lead more often than not, so then that'll be handed, the ball will be handed to uh, Dalvin Cook more. 
my concern um, is if Dalvin Cook doesn't play. That's my yeah. issue with Kirk Cousins. Um, I think he has definitely been in a better offense in Minnesota. Like you said, without Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen steps up into the number one spot. Justin Jefferson will be the wide receiver too, most likely. Um, so trusting a rookie as a wide receiver too, that's going to hurt his production, I feel like. They're a run-based offense, uh, play action. And I don't know. I Like you said, the Stephon Diggs loss is going to hurt him a lot, I think. Regression in touchdowns, interceptions. Um, a little bit more on the yards, but I don't know. I, I have a hard time thinking that Kirk Cousins is going to be able to be a top half of the league in, in quarterback fantasy play. Just because, well, you were saying the defense is solid, but and I did say that earlier too, but um, their secondary, or not their secondary, their corners are not solid. Uh, a lot of young guys playing at corner, so if they get into shootouts and the corners don't hold up, I'm not sure if Kirk Cousins can uh, accurate, can perform well enough to win games. So, and he ha- he has to play against a pretty solid Packers defense, pretty solid Bears defense, and like you said, the the Detroit defense is not that great. But the Lions always play all their divisional opponents pretty hard. So, I don't know. We'll see what Kirk Cousins has in store for this season, though, without yeah. Stephon Diggs. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't take him as a starter, but I think he'd be a decent backup quarterback for fantasy. Yeah, I agree. Um, Next guy, Joe Burrow here. So we have his LSU stats from last year, and I manually calculated them out. (laughs) He would have been by far the number one quarterback in the NFL last year with these stats by over 100 points. I believe Lamar had... Uh, the most points scored ever by like anybody in fantasy. Oh yeah, I think uh, I think LT had the most fantasy points ever, um, and I think Lamar might have been close last year. I'm not sure though, but yeah, 521 fantasy points, uh, over 5,500 yards at LSU, 60 passing touchdowns, six interceptions. Just ridiculous. Uh, Historic offense at LSU. But, yeah, I think if he hits these projections, though, it'll be a pretty solid rookie year for for Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Uh, Just getting over 3,500 passing yards, I think, is a win for him. 20 touchdowns is solid. 13 interceptions, I think he'll he'll probably throw more. Um, Just being a rookie and going against Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Baltimore. really good ball hawking defenses uh, so rushing yards I'm not sure how much he's going to run in the NFL um, 258 yards though reaches our threshold of 200 so that's why I put it there but QB 20 on the ESPN projections I don't have a big issue with that in his rookie season yeah um I don't really expect any of the rookie class to make like a huge splash like how Lamar has done or whoever else. But 
Um, yeah, I think that the projections there are pretty solid for him, like you said. He's definitely not getting anywhere near his stats from last year. And if he does, like, go pick him up. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the uh, does he have any of his teammates on his team, though, or no? From LSU. Not I that I so. know of. Yeah. So, I mean, that will probably hurt him because then he has to kind of hit the reset button completely. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, that was stupid of the Bengals. If they had the chance, they should have gone after one of his offensive teammates. <laughs> but that's beside the point. Um, yeah, I think that those stats are pretty good for him. And, I don't know, in any regular league, I think I'll avoid him because I tend to not like going after rookie quarterbacks unless it's somebody that's supposed to be like a generational talent which I mean I guess he technically is but also he's on the Bengals yeah who don't really have an offense so yeah I would try to stay away from him unless you are desperate for a quarterback yeah I think depending on how his rookie season's going midseason acquisition is a possibility um I mean he doesn't have a terrible offensive weapons aside from the tight end. I don't like CJ Uzama, but uh, Tyler Boyd, I, I really like. 32-year-old AJ Green, who has missed most... He's missed all of last season, missed a good amount of the 2018 season, hasn't been fully healthy since 2016. Um, so I don't really count on AJ Green being on the field for the whole season. Other than that, they have John Ross who came on pretty well at the end of last year. So we'll see what that what he looks like. And if he can three. develop into a good receiver, then watch out because he broke the record, right? Or was close to it or something with the 40-yard yeah, dash? he has the record. Yeah, so if he can develop into like a legit receiver, he'll probably be like one of the best in the league. Yeah, and I think that helps Joe Burrow a lot, having John Ross, because mm-hmm. Joe Burrow has a really strong arm. And he can get it to he can get it to John Ross most definitely, yeah. Um, but yeah. And then Joe Mixon in the backfield along with Gio Bernard, um, pretty solid backfield. Never really the fan of uh, Mixon either, but well, we'll see uh, if you have him in your running back rankings next week. But um, two more guys on our sleepers list here, and here you go. Uh, Mr. Cameron Newton, <laughs> like I said, I'm not sold on him. Uh, 2017, his last full season, he was QB2 uh, because he ran for 750 yards and six touchdowns. That but, seems like such a small number compared to, to Lamar Jackson. That's so funny. Yeah. Like 750 yards, when Newton did it that year, he that was great, but then now it looks like such a small number. <laughs> yeah. Uh I think I'm not sure what to think of his projections. I was actually kind of shocked that they actually had his projections on ESPN already. Um, but close to 3,000 yards, 17 touchdowns, 10 picks, uh, 350 yards rushing, and three touchdowns. I think that's okay for him, um, depending on what the New England offense looks like. Yeah, I. Uh... Uh, like you said, I don't know what to think yet because, I mean, we talked about it a little bit before when we were doing the news segment, but if he can 
turn back the clock a little bit and turn into the Cam Newton of old, then watch out. But I can also see a, a scenario where he doesn't even finish the year with New England because if he keeps up his antics that he had in Carolina, there's no way that Bill Belichick is going to keep him on this team. So, we'll see. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it would benefit the Patriots if he's a starter. Well, yeah. Because if he's not, like you said, he might have some issues. <laughs> and uh, But the thing is, though, if he's not the starter, he has no other choice. Where would he go? He, he's really going to sit out and not play and look for a starting job next year. I don't think that's a Yeah. I don't think that's a very conceivable option for him especially at this point in the calendar year being 4 weeks from training camp. I don't know. Yeah, I think that the Patriots are the only team he has a chance of starting on right now without any injuries happening. So Yeah, yeah he landed in his best case scenario, I think. That'll definitely be interesting to see if injuries or COVID um, hit one of the starting quarterbacks. And if Cam doesn't win the starting job over Jarrett Stidham, does Belichick do a classic trade um, and get something for him when otherwise he wouldn't get anything for him? Uh But that's a long way down the pike here. Um, We'll go to the last sleeper. Um... This is one that I didn't have on my list, uh, <laughs> but of course you have him on your list, Mr. Sam well, Darnold. I just had to, though, because his numbers might not seem like they are that great. And, I mean, he had a rocky year last year, missing those three games from Mono <laughs> and then the go- seeing the ghosts and all that that happened. But then towards the end of the season, I think it was like the last four games or whatever, he had like the... He was like the number one quarterback the last four years of the se- or four four games of the season or whatever, and if he can turn that into a consistent full year thing, um, I think he'll be among the top half of the quarterback, um, especially because this year he now hasn't like he actually has an offensive line this year now. He has an upgraded receiving core, and. I think I, I expect a bounce back year from Bell and they also have Gore now. So they have a decent set of weapons around him. Oh, and the tight ends too, I forgot to mention them. Um I think that Chris Herndon, if he stays healthy, he can perform well and you saw what uh, what Griffin could do last year when he was healthy. So um yeah, I just think that if all goes right, he can be definitely a serviceable starting quarterback. Um, and I, I don't, like that's not me totally being a homer. I just I like if I covered up the New York Jets and whatever. I think if you looked at his projections, I I would take that. Maybe a little bit less on the interceptions, but thirty six hundred fifty yards and twenty two touchdowns. That's not terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I I have never really liked Sam Darnold. I didn't, didn't like him coming out of the draft from USC. Um, and I've stayed away from him in fantasy. 
I I don't know. I I just can't get on the the Darnold train just because. Well, I don't think the receivers are that much upgraded. Um, losing Robbie Anderson, adding Denzel Mims. Yes, Le'Veon Bell should be a top five running back, um, but he didn't play to that standard in with the bad offensive line, granted, um, last year in his first year in New York. But um, going back to that ESPN article about the burning fantasy questions for each team, they talked about the tight ends there, and uh, it, the question was, do you expect a sort of breakout season from Chris Herndon um, if he's healthy? And the answer that they gave there was not really because Adam Gase has never had he's never had a, a very productive tight end. Um, and it said if Herndon gets like a 50 catch season, that's a that's a big win for him, which I think would be uh, I agree with. I think that'd be a, mm-hmm. a, a really good season for him. But um, yeah, I can't I can't hop on the the bandwagon there. <laughs> I just I had to throw his name in there because I know there's a lot of Darnold haters out there, but I think that like this is his best opportunities he's had so far. So I expect all the numbers to improve. Well, before we talk um, quarterback draft strategy, I want to talk about two more quarterbacks here that weren't on our rankings, weren't on our sleepers, but they were the only two in the top fifteen of ESPN's projections that we didn't name. Daniel Jones was at number 14. Jared Goff at number 15. So, um, I don't know which one you want to talk about first, but go ahead. Um, Well, I think they're both kind of in a similar situation, but I'll go with Goff. One of the reasons I left him off is because they're – their offense is not anything like it was a couple years ago. They don't have Gurley anymore. Um, and, I mean, the receivers are all right, but I don't know. I'm not sold on their offense at all. And when they were, like, the team to beat, what was that, two years ago now or three years mm-hmm. ago, whatever it was? Two. Yeah, they – I think it was more their defense was just – especially with Aaron Donald and all that. I mean – I don't know. I just I was never really a big golf fan anyway. Like I thought about putting him in my sleepers or even at the end of my list, but there was no room for him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, the Todd not having Todd Gurley there is just kills the running back position. Daryl Henderson mm-hmm. and um, Cam Akers are the backs there. Uh, I'm not sold on them, especially Henderson. Akers being a rookie has potential. Mm-hmm. But I I do like the wide receivers though. Um, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods I think are some of the better ones out there. Robert Woods being a very underrated, really good wide receiver because people don't expect a lot from him. Uh, but he's had back to back pretty good seasons there. Mm-hmm. Um, along with the tight ends, Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett, I think they're pretty solid as well. But yeah, the offensive line is aging. Andrew Whitworth is a 38-year-old left tackle who they kind of 
re-signed because they didn't really have any other option. So, yeah, the I don't like get Jared Goff, um, and especially I'm, in the division he's in too. Yeah, <laughs> playing against the Niners, Seahawks defense isn't the best like it used to be. Um, Cardinals defense is on the come up, or at least they're trying to be. <laughs> so, but yeah, against the Niners, uh, I think they get destroyed mm-hmm. both games. Uh, and I'm happy that the Rams took Derek Goff and the Eagles got Carson Wentz at number two and that draft happened in 2016. So thank you, L.A. Rams. Uh, yeah, if, if Goff was on the Eagles, I don't know if they would have won the Super Bowl. So. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Daniel Jones, I don't know. Uh, I think he's he's definitely better than golf. I I believe, anyways, uh, and he's in a better situation with arguably the best running back in the NFL and Saquon Barkley, and the receivers in New York I hate though. Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, not good. Uh, Evan Ingram has injury concerns. Uh, he's been out. He's missed games the last two or three years. And, um, yeah, uh, I think their offensive line is, I don't know. I don't even know if it's better or not. I don't, I don't remember any significant changes to their offensive line. This I mean, season. they drafted Andrew Thomas, but well, yeah, <laughs> uh, I forgot about him somehow, but I don't know. I don't even know if he plays left tackle though. That's the, that's the issue <laughs> with, um, Solder being there. Yeah. No, but being able to see the Giants play in person for eight games last year with Daniel Jones playing majority of them, um, his number one issue, I think, is that he can't hold on to the ball. <laughs> he fumbles on every play that he gets blindsided on, or even if he sees the guy coming, if he tries to tuck it, it somehow still gets knocked out of his hand. He can't hold on to the ball. So if he cleans that up a little bit, even with the lackluster receiving core that he has, I think that he'd be at least a like back end of the starter. Um, and but like you said, he has Saquon Barkley, who's a generational talent at running back, um, and that obviously really helps his value. Um, because Barkley can go out and catch the ball, and then he just runs for 60 yards. Mm-hmm. He did that a couple times last year. So, um, yeah, I, like you said, I definitely like Daniel Jones better than better than um, Jared Goff, but I think that the Giants just need to get like a true number one. Like They need to get Odell Beckham back or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, and they need... a like one or two more pieces at offensive line, then I think Daniel Jones would be pretty good. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, it would probably also help if uh, they're not trailing in every game as well Yeah, with their shoddy oh. defense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, those are our quarterback rankings for the 2020 fantasy football season. Um now, before we end here, let's talk QB draft strategy. Um, so, 
what what would you recommend as a draft strategy for the quarterback position? Well, I think it really depends on what position you pick. Like, if you're like third or fourth overall, I'd consider maybe going for Lamar or Patrick Mahomes. But if you're at the back end of the first round, don't look at quarterbacks until probably like maybe even not even until the third round or fourth round. Um, like I generally like to get a quarterback somewhere between like the third and the sixth round because they're not the most important position in fantasy, at least running back is as probably you would agree. Mm-hmm. And also I like to get like my number one receiver too, before I go to get my quarterback. So I generally take like my, at least my top running back and top receiver. And then sometimes in the third round, depending on who's there, I'll go get my second receiver or second running back or whatever. And then I'll start looking at quarterbacks. Um, that is one thing I do too, is I fill out my starters before I start doubling up on positions, which I know you like to draft four running backs in a row before you go anywhere else. So, um, yeah, I would generally look for quarterbacks between like three to six. Yeah. I, I go a lot later. Um, as you know, uh, we've been playing fantasy together for quite a few years now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I said before, with Carson Wentz, Ben Roethlisberger, um, and it used to be the same way with Drew Brees, I'm not sure exactly where his ADP is right now, uh, but I know you used to be able to get Drew Brees relatively late in like the 10th round. Uh, but yeah, 10th round is where I usually kind of start looking for quarterbacks, depending on who's there. Um, I'm not exactly sure... Let's see. Let's see. Uh, let's see who I, where I went with uh, Locke and Brady. I know I drafted Brady first. Um, yeah, tenth round for Tom Brady. Um, and then I got Drew Locke. I think a couple rounds later. Yeah, thirteenth round. So I think. Uh, yeah, tenth round is where I start looking at quarterbacks because, like I said previously, you don't have to necessarily spend a premier pick on a quarterback where you can get a top ten running back or wide receiver, even tight end if you're getting one of the top three. Um, but yeah, I I like Tom Brady, uh, Wentz, Roethlisberger in the mid mid rounds. Um, and then if you're looking for later rounds, um, you're looking at probably Philip Rivers, Drew Locke, Stafford. Um, but yeah, I think above 10th round, though, you're going to get all of the guys that are in our top nine, mm-hmm. top 10, mostly. Um, but yeah, that's... Uh, that's what my quarterback strategy is anyways in the fantasy. Wait, something just interesting here because I looked on the NFL app <clears throat> and uh, Matt Ryan is actually projected pretty high here. Um, he is the fifth quarterback on the rankings here ahead of Dak Prescott who's number six. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, 
Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson in the top four. So it's kind of interesting that Dak Prescott got beaten out by Matt Ryan there. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. Um, like I said, Matt Ryan's usually pretty solid in fantasy. I just don't like him for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. Not a Falcons fantasy guy. Um, but that is our rankings draft strategy for the quarterback position. We will be back next week talking running backs. Probably a little bit longer. Probably a little bit longer conversation and definitely more than 16 rankings for each of us. So definitely a longer show next week and the week after that when we go wide receivers and tight ends combined. So that'll be interesting. Um, Remember to follow us on Instagram at FAA Podcast. Also, Twitter. It's the same handle except with the FAA and the PM Podcast uh, capitalized. And follow us um, on Spotify. Download us. Listen to us at your pleasure. Um, And also, we still have our Sports for All scholarship. Uh, It is in the works. I am currently working on getting the application up on our website. Um, and our website is fapodcast.com and we will have that up and we will notify everyone when it's up. We also have a PayPal set up to accept donations for the scholarship fund and um, I think we're going to have a GoFundMe too. I I have to check on that, but yeah. Um, We'll figure it it all out. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it all out there and uh, hopefully get a decent amount of donations so we can um, give some kids some scholarships um, mm. next school year. Thank you, Chris. As always, it's always Good a good fun. time, and we'll see you next week. Yeah.